I'll start this too. Um, I just love the content, content, content sort of thing. I mean, that's how you push it to your viewers too. <laughs> Got to be on multiple platforms. Seriously. Are you ready? I'm ready, man. Look alive, bro. What is happening, everyone? It's Ben Nelson here with the Tech Intern Show. I'm here with my buddy, Jack Little. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? And we're about to go live with episode two. Hey, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, super pumped. We're about to get going here, so stay tuned. Probably within the next couple days, I'll drop um, most likely Monday of next week. So, Perfect. Right on. Boom. My story, done. You got enough followers on that yet? You still growing it? I'm like 50 in. Very, in, very sort of initial stage. Yeah. But like with everything takes time and exactly. I'm also like still trying to figure everything out. So yeah, yeah you know, it's a whole thing. Very. In- Instagram's a business at this point. You're not wrong, dude. What is happening, everyone? It's Ben Nelson with the Tech Intern Show here this evening. Beautiful Montana State University behind us. Um, we're experiencing some spring weather, so we had some snow this afternoon, and now it's kind of clearing up, and I see the sunset over there. So beautiful spring day. Um, I'm here with my buddy Jack Little. Hey, how's it going, guys? And uh, we're going to get into the episode in a little bit, but again, this is episode two of the Tech Intern Show. I'm super excited to begin to share sort of my connections here in Bozeman with all of you. So thank you so much for joining us again. I am very excited to get this show on the road. That's going to be a good time, I suppose. Yeah. Heck yeah. So, of course, Jack, thank you for joining us. Yeah, no Um, problem. I was pretty hyped when I got your email about this. You know, I knew you've been working on something pretty cool like this, and I'm hyped to be a part of it. So Heck yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, and you've prepared well, so yeah, this should be super, super got fun. Got my notes in front of me. It's just like class, so. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we now? We're in Norm Abjornson Hall. Yeah, Norm Asbjornson. Asbjornson Hall. Yeah. New building on campus. Uh, oh, when was it finished? In uh, the fall, last right? Last December, yeah. Last, yeah. last so, December. So wintertime. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful building. Yeah, they did a really good job with it. You know, If I want to come through here with a fine-tooth comb and pick through things, I could. But overall, they no. just did a super good job with it. Yeah, super well done. I like kind of the more, and I want to say urban, but more of like innovative design. And yeah. this is an engineering hall, so some of the stuff in here and inside the classrooms is super advanced. Yeah, I would just say sleek. That's yeah. like my one word I think of. Just everything's finished off nicely. Perfect. Well, enough of the intros. I want to yeah. get into you, Jack. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Right on. So uh, originally, I'm from California. Good old West Side is the best side. Um, I grew <laughs> nice. up about 45 minutes out of Sacramento and 45 minutes out of Lake Tahoe. So I was super fortunate to experience the uh, urban landscape, San Francisco, Sacramento, doing all that. But then, you know, also escaping up into the Sierras, going up to Lake Tahoe, Beautiful. throwing down some fresh churns. Um, you know, I really think that's like shaped me to who I am today. Like the landscape reflects who you are as a person. So, wow. um, but yeah, I decided to come to Montana state, get out of California for a little bit, experience something new, um, you know, personal reasons, whatnot. Um, you know, at first I just didn't really know I want to study I just had a broad idea of, a, you know, natural resources, resource management. Um, I kind of bounced around between plant science, ag business, that type of stuff. And then I finally settled on natural resource and rangeland ecology, which I just, to me, had that broad aspect of everything. That sure. brought in all, all, all elements to me. So Right. Yeah. 
That's so cool. Yeah. So you study natural resources at MSU, right? Yep, at, at, at MSU. Um, super basic stuff right now, so just like my biology and chemistry, which, don't get me wrong, it's kind of a pain to go through, but, you know, you got to jump your hurdles to get to the good stuff, so. Yeah, good yeah. for you, man. I am not a science guy, so good for you for sticking with that stuff. Yeah, bringing in a little bit different aspect here, so <laughs> I like it. Man, so with natural resources, you grew up in the Sierras, so you've seen a lot of the United States and the beautiful landscape that it has to offer. But I want to get into uh, um, maybe a little bit of like what a career could look like in that. And maybe as we progress here, what sort of technology you use and how you could see that changing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what I see myself doing after college is going into like a resource management field um, on a state or federal level. So maybe not private sector necessarily, but I'm also not opposed to it. so, you know, if I want to go private, a uh, business like Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfowl, you sure. know, I really like the water side of resource management um, okay. and seeing how that affects, you know, recreation. But water is also a huge thing just with humans in general. Like, we got to drink it, cooks our food, cleans everything, right? Yeah. Um, and I think with the growing population on Earth, because, you know, we're pushing 8 billion now, who knows the exact count, wow. um, I see it as being a more prevalent issue coming through the future. So that's my whole thing behind it. Heck that's yeah. My career path, I guess. That yeah, I can see. that's super interesting. So you think that, of course, fresh water is a scarce resource. So yeah. would when you say Docs Unlimited or something like that, would you be, would you be playing with sort of their organization or more of like conservation of the natural resource water as a whole? Um, I think for me personally, I like the water as a whole. Okay, but, you know, within waterfowl. Um, you, that's a huge thing for that species, but right. that's like that's a huge recreation on that side, a huge income booster for the U.S. too. Mm. And I definitely see like a segue into some more public policy type things and like making that change for yourself if mm. you wanted to. Sure. But I think for like start off, you know, work for U.S. Bureau of Reclamation, some Department of Water Resources to really get that hands-on experience with just like broad water resources. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a little bit of story about Jack. We met. Uh, we met in the Langford uh, residence hall here on MSU. Um, yeah. We live not too far from each other. What, five doors down? Yeah, four or five <laughs> doors, not too far. And yeah. Like, I always saw Ben around, and it's like, ah, this guy. Like, you can tell when someone has their stuff together, and it's like, ah, this uh, guy seems cool. Yeah, I was going to say the same about you. So the initial reason why I invited Jack on here was because Jack's a very like-minded kid like myself. Um, we, work, we both work very hard, um, and we also just are like... We got along from the get, um, and also I realized that when I have these sort of intelligent conversations with kids my age, I really have to cherish them um, because they're rare in some ways. And so when I find someone, whether it's someone like Jack or my buddy Tyler um, or a couple of my mentors, like I really cherish those conversations. And that's when a lot of my creative thoughts sort of stimulate. Yeah. So I remember we were walking back from econ class one day, and we were talking about how you were interested in like land surveying inside of your natural resources sort of yeah. major. And I was fascinated because I don't see sort of any of that industry whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so you were saying like drones and agriculture and how it's, how it's so advanced. And I was like, it's just, this is screaming technology at me, but I can't seem to put a finger on it. And so you were walking me through it and I was like, wow, there really is a lot there. Yeah, and I, I mean, by no means am I an expert, but I've looked into it enough that I realize there's so much you can do with it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, agriculture, resource management, that type of stuff, it kind of has like this old school vibe to it. That's yeah. just 
like a precedent. Like, oh, agriculture, like you're some seven-year-old farmer that drives around his tractor all day. But like, I don't know if you know this, but um, a lot of new tractors, they have like GPS technology. Yeah. To where you're like mapping out your field to like the dime on where you are. Yeah. And it's insane to what you can do. But then I go into like drones and, you know, you can use drones for surveying media production. Right. But um, I've seen some videos over from, you know, Southeast Asia, China, um, Korea, that type of stuff. And they literally have like these gas powered helicopters and they're spraying pesticides on crops with that. Wow. So you're not having to go through, uh, do it by hand or do it with like an airplane. You can just fly the drone yourself and it's like a one man operation. Wow. Yeah. See, I see and I study a lot of like the, um, not AI, but like heavily automated, heavily customized sort of technical features um, with Salesforce. And so I see like a totally different side than that. Like that's automation in a totally different industry, which I think is super fascinating. Yeah. And I think we're going to get to the point to where, you know, you're going to hop on the tractor, press a button, set some coordinates, and that thing's going to go through the field for you uh-huh. and do all your work while you can go spend your time on something else, you know, progress what you need to be doing. Hmm. But I, I really think that we see automation within, like, the production. Um, so, like, harvest is a pretty man-made thing within ag, but then as it gets to, you know, production, refinement of that resource, you know, machines do it, really. It's, right. it's moved on from that, like, hmm. hand process of sorting fruit, that type of thing. So Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Well, natural resources sound super cool, and I wish you all the best with your studies. I'm going to yeah. connect with you on a daily basis. So. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Switching gears here a little bit now, um, I prepared a couple of questions for Jack, and so we're going to kind of bop around here a little bit. Um, I was curious as to if you invest at all and, like, what kind of your knowledge base is. I, I mentioned that I don't know much about it. Yeah. And so I was super interested to see if a like-minded kid – like myself, um, goes to school in Montana and comes from a similar background, like is investing at all or knows anything about it. So gotcha. I was curious. Yeah. Okay. So investing is kind of an interesting topic for me. Um, like I personally, I'm not hopping on my phone, you know, transferring money every day. Uh-huh. Um, I was fortunate, like right down when I was born, my grandpa set up an account through UBS for me um, with all these stocks, you know, Chevron, Caterpillar, all these big names. Sure. That over time has, you know, appreciated in value. But I also think with stocks, a huge thing that people... Um, you know, they glance over, they see this story of like, take for Apple, for example, you have this crazy appreciation going from nothing to literal hundreds of dollars, right? Yeah. Um, but what's not really talked about is like stocks pay dividends per year. You know, it's kind of like a thank you for owning part of our business. You know, we're going to give you a slight reward. And they're small considering per share, you know, 2% per share, which isn't a whole lot. Uh-huh. But, you know, if you're out there buying a thousand shares of this stuff, it racks up. And I think, I just saw a post on Instagram, the guy... The number got thrown. I was like, seventy percent of like your, you know, income from stocks comes from that just dividend payout. Okay. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, I'd really like personally to get more involved with what I have going on, because um, right now it's just kind of done its thing throughout the years, and I think I want to start, you know, putting my own money into it and sure. growing it even more. Just so when I get out of here, I have money for, uh, you know, down payment on a house, a new car, or something like that. Or sure. if you just keep saving upon that, and grow your wealth even more. Yeah. Yeah. So. Super super interesting. See, I have a buddy who invests and um, does like micro trading or day trading. Gotcha. All right. Um, and so he's trading like on the hour, like super, super macro time scale. Yeah. And so I think, I think about investing, I, in like sort of a longer term game. Oh yeah. And so sure. I, I, I know investing is a lot of times within stocks and stock exchange. I view investing totally differently as in sort of tangible objects 
Real estate. And so, yeah, I was just going to say, I'm taking a history class, and so we've touched on the era of, like, John D. Rockefeller. Oh, yeah. Um, and the John Getty era, and so, like, all of those big corporations. Um, and I think, I think, I don't know, I'm not a huge risk taker. Yeah. And so I think that way. I think that real estate and art and things that have value that will only appreciate over time and are are relatively low low risk to invest yeah. in mm-hmm. after construction um, are things that are are, oh, yeah. are are stable and how I see investing more of like a long game play. Yeah, and I think um, there's a quote by Warren Buffett that I really like. It's just he says that the stock market is a way of transferring money from impatient people to patient people. Huh, um, whoa. Yeah, so I don't think it's something you should get into if you're trying to flip a quick buck. You know, go flip a house or something if you really want to do that. I think more on like 10, 20, and beyond plan. Sure. Like these are something, this is something that you might be able to tap into, you know, when you're retired if you want to go on a vacation or something. But or not, you're just going to pass it on to your kids and just leave that as part of your legacy. Sure. Because you can't take money to the grave, right? Mm-hmm. Leave your kids with something so they're better off in life as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, investing, like we can say we're investing our education right now. Yeah. Right? Because we put in a fair amount of money to be here. Um, mm, time more than anything, right? Yeah. And time is money, right? So, you know, spending time and money to be here in hopes that what we get when we get out is worth it, essentially. Right. That goes to my last question on my list, but we just kind of touched on it, and I've I've known it, like, kind of throughout our friendship. But um, my question was long game versus short game. Which are you playing? Uh, and short answer. Both. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I want to hear a little bit of your reasoning behind that. All right. So I'm going to touch on the long game first. Um, long game for me, like investing, that type of thing, I see that as a long game. You're in it for a while. Um also, like, my career path, and, like, I'm not thinking, like, where do I need to be, like, at this point in my classes right now? I'm like, you know, I'm going to graduate on time. Mm-hmm. I'm not freaking out about it. I'm going to end up getting a job somewhere, but I'm not, like, super worried on where that's going to be. Sure. You know, things work out, and there's certain things I can control right now. So that's kind of where the short game comes into play. Um, you know, little side hustles, making money over the summer, you can control that, right? So for me, I'm going to go back, work for a logger for a summer, and try and make some bank. Um, that's what I can control, and I'm going to play that short game. But there's some things like my career where I end up, I'm just going to, you know, I hate saying, like, let things play to fate, but I'm going to let my culmination of choices lead up to that. So Good. Yeah, I think all, I think you said it best is the culmination of choices play yeah. up to that. I'm, I, I categorize myself as a very long game player. Yeah. Um, and I think like it, it comes a lot from me living the sort of internship life where I get to dabble in so many different fields and learn so many different things. And also starting things like the Tech Intern Show and the Angler's Hatch mm-hmm. um, and a couple of other things. I get to see um, kind of what I can learn and setting myself up. And I'm not afraid to be multidimensional. And so I think like being involved in so many different things at a young age yeah. lets me explore a bunch of different fields, setting myself up um, fairly well. And I think that's something that you can play into in your future. You can look back on that and say, you know, I've done this and I have experience with that. And, you know, you can tell employers that resume, whatever. Yeah, but sure. For more so like for your personal self, like yeah, I did this internship with this company and it was super rad. Here's what I learned. Yeah. Here's what I would change. And you can just apply that to your life as you go through with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And we're both very hardworking kids. And so I think, I think I'm speaking for myself, but we've talked in this 
off the mic is we've had some great mentors in our life, and I know oh, yeah. that I owe a lot of my my thinking as well as um, sort of not my motivation, but kind of like my way of doing to a couple of important people. And I think the mentor thing is super valuable. And yeah. I think that the hard working has come from that, whether it be working or school. Yeah. And like, don't undervalue your parents as a mentor. Like people are like, oh, mentors like professional life. But man, no I learned way. so much from my parents. Like you got to work for what you want, essentially. Like no one owes you anything in life. You're not just going to walk in here. That's and, like, huge, Jack. Here's your silver platter. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to put in work somewhere, and where that work is is all up to you, but yeah. it's going to take some time on your end. Yeah. I think we touched on this in the cafeteria one afternoon, but um, it goes along with kind of the college system and how it sets up kids for post-college and student debt and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think, I think what I see most among our sort of age group in college is, I hate to say it, but entitlement. Yeah. And it spans for longer. It's It's more than just the 18 to 22 year olds. I think, I think with this whole digital era and social media and things, it's, it's a matter of people owing other people something, which you said, um, no one owes you anything. And so you were taught by your parents that you have to work for what you want. And I, I, I I back you up. Yeah. I mean like super short backstory, but my mom went to school right after she had me and, you know, was taking 21 credits and graduated straight A's. Wow. Um, and, dude, I didn't figure that out until last semester. I was like, dang. And my dad paid for her to go through with that because he told her, like, this is all, you're going to do school, and that's going to be, like, your thing, and you're yeah. going to take it seriously. And now she's well off. You know, I'm able to come here without worrying about student debt and all that. So, sure, you know, I look back on that, and I'm like, dang, you know, if they can do that at 24, 25, like, I can get through this now. So, yeah. Yeah. That's super special, man. Yeah. Yeah. The mentorship sort of parent thing is super cool. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And don't degrade like professional experience either. And like, no way. You know, a mentor doesn't have to be someone that you meet every week. It could just be like a coworker that, like, yeah, or like you your boss. Up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just pick up on like this dude is like working his butt off, respects everyone. Like that can be a mentor for you essentially. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's some super good stuff. Thank you for being open to answering those questions and Heck yeah, man. going deep into a couple of the natural resource investing sort of. Oh, no problem, man. I like hitting on everything, too. I, like, yeah. I like to be well-versed, ding, you know. Ding, ding. Makes you a little bit better person overall, in my opinion. But Heck yeah. Speaking my language, Doc. All right. So now, of course, I, I ran you through, but a new segment to the Tech Intern Show that I did with Auste and I loved, so I'm going to keep doing it. It's called The Final Round. All right. And so, like... 15, 30, and a minute long answers. I've got like four questions prepared for you. Cool. Kind of something to round out the episode, just kind of touch on all cylinders. My first one is your favorite book. Um, Tuesdays with Maury. Just, you know, appreciate life. It's short. Um, But also, you know, when you work, don't be afraid to take a step back and see who's around you and thank them for all that they've done for you to to get you to where you are. Wow. Yeah. Most creative moment you've had within the past year? So that one comes from, like, my personal life. I was over in Scotland for um, a week or two in July, and uh, I made this little book for my girlfriend. I I bought this little stuffed cow at a gift store and uh, took pictures with it everywhere. Like, dude, put it on a train, took pictures, and I named him Harold, and I was like, this is Harold doing this. And I made, like, this whole book on her, and I, like, gave it to her. So that was, like, my creative moment because, dude, I'm, like, I'm usually not a creative person. Like, just get through it. But I was like, ah, I'm going to do something cool. So Cute. Yeah, dude. Creative. Uh, Exactly. Heck Yeah. Um, most interesting thing on your bucket list? You know, interesting is like a vague term for me. Do you have a bucket list, like written? I, oh, dude, not written out. No, okay, I mean, okay, okay, me either. I was like, just like, uh. I'm, I'm 18. Like, I got a lot to live. I'm, I'm just like, 
going through life right now, but like one thing I want to do is like I want to go to like New York on Christmas and like spend in like in a high top apartment and like mm. do that. I don't know. I think I like saw in a movie somewhere and I was like, that looks cool. Like I want to go try that in life and just have I don't know one Christmas go do that. So snowfall in Rockefeller yeah, Plaza. Exactly, man. You know. All right, last question for you. Um, this is an interesting thing because I talk not at length, but with other people about podcasts or email subscriptions um, that they read every morning or listen to. Um, And so I was curious to see sort of your thoughts. Yeah, so um, I I listened to the Dave Ramsey show, which uh, my girlfriend showed me, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll listen to it. And then I actually started listening to it, and I was like, this guy's throwing out some knowledge that people our age can take in is huge. Um, You know, his his opening line is, you know, this is the place where the paid-off home mortgage takes place over the nice BMW, right? So he's huge on making good decisions with your money. Yeah. Um, and the biggest one I take away is like trying to live debt free, which some people it's hard to avoid. But like I'm sure. talking like credit cards and that type of stuff. Like, sure. Don't spend money that you don't have. Like you don't need to be going out buying Versace, Louis Vuitton if you don't if you can't afford it. Sure. Like live within your realm. Don't go into crazy debt at uh-huh. such a young age. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. At least personal debt. The Dave Ramsey Show. I'm gonna yeah. have to check that out. Yeah, I, I think if you can listen to it now. Because the people that call into the show are like late 20s, early 30s, and they're starting to realize their mistakes. And a lot of the stuff that he's centered around is for the 16 to 24? Or I, I would say even older. You know, okay. I think it's meant for that late 20s, early 30s that might have made some irresponsible financial decisions in the past, but that are going through to fix it. Cool. Um, and he kind of guides them through that, gives them advice. Heck yeah. But I think if you can listen to it now and just apply it and like know ahead of time, you're one step ahead of the game. So. Heck yeah. One yep. step ahead. It's where yeah, we like to be, to be, Jack. Yeah, exactly. It's where we like to it. be. You know well, it. thank you so much again for coming on to the show. That was no super problem, fun. Dude. And um, this will probably be out relatively soon. So Sweet, sweet. Yeah. Well, thanks again, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course.